So if I if I start talking this way or you see me talking and I'm looking this way, I'm not looking at anybody. I'm looking at my camera. OK, what's good, everybody? Welcome to the Omnius podcast, episode 70. All right. So today we're going to be discussing a few topics of today. All right. So sit back and relax. Appreciate everybody who be, you know, listening and discussing certain matters that I talk about in my podcast episodes. I'll be doing my best trying to be consistent and stuff like that. But uh this is my first time doing this. So I'm I'm doing like a little bit of a special. Okay, so for people who might be chiming in on my live stream cuz I'm live on Instagram right now. For people who be chiming in and stuff like that. So people might be giving me certain comments or certain questions, so I'll be happy to shout them out and stuff like that if I feel that whatever they said might be necessary. All right. I don't want anybody coming in here saying some uh, out of pocket stuff. I definitely would not <laughs> have that addressed on my podcast episode. Or if I do, I might cut it out. But uh, anywho, shout out to everybody who who watching. I know I I didn't make any uh, plans or any like scheduling for people to tap on in but for whoever whoever chimes in all right you are much appreciated okay but um for purposes of podcasting right for people who who are watching this you know when i upload it and stuff like that um if you listen to this on spotify make sure that you follow me you know hit the the follow hit the notifications so you get my next podcast and stuff like that um uh, for people who listen to me on podcast apple podcast do the same thing as well and if you listen to me on YouTube, make sure you hit the like button. All right. If you haven't subscribed, become a subscriber and turn your notifications on there as well. It's choppy. On YouTube? I mean, not on YouTube. On Instagram? Well, if it gets choppy over here, y'all let me know. Or if it, if it, if it starts messing up. <clears throat> but I talked about this on my pod, on my Patreon. And for those who who follow me on Patreon and stuff like that, uh shout out to y'all. Um I had a couple of people hit me up telling me like they they appreciate the content that I put out on there. And so I like to put early access is just it's clear to me. Okay, yeah. I mean I thought it was good cuz it's it's good over here. Um Okay, it's not choppy at all. All right. It might be his Wi-Fi. <laughs> but uh, on Patreon, for those who follow me on Patreon, I like to give early access to certain content and collages and stuff like that before I put it out on Instagram. So, you know, there might be stuff I post on Patreon and then like two weeks later, I'll put it out on Instagram and stuff like that. So it's certain things that I put out on there and then people, you know, we converse about it and stuff like that. I'm trying to figure out a way to make like a group chat on Patreon 
Um, but I'm not very high tech on Patreon like that. So, but I posted something yesterday about the five ways that the ego can hold you back. Okay. And so for people who don't know, like the ego can, can really drive you insane. Okay. It can work for you and it can definitely work against you. Okay. Uh, one of my favorite quotes from uh, Kendra Lamar's album, Damn, is like, love's going to get you killed, but pride's going to be the death of you, you know. And so ego can really get you in a lot of trouble in a very violent passion, in a very depressing passion, uh, or a really a very violent way and in a very depressing way as well. But these are five ways. All right. And we're going to go through each of them thoroughly. All right. And I'm not going to try and, and take too much time on each of them and stuff like that. But um, the first way that the ego can hold you back is self-limiting beliefs. OK, so what I put here is the ego often creates self-limiting beliefs that prevent us from achieving our full potential. These beliefs can include ideas such as I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough or I don't deserve success. These thoughts can hold us back and keep us from taking risk and pursuing our dreams. The second way is competitive nature. The ego creates a need to complete and prove ourselves to others. This can lead to a sense of superiority over others, causing us to put others down or act aggressively towards them. This can prevent us from forming uh, deep connections with other people and living a fulfilling life. Number three is fear of failure. Uh, the ego can often create a fear of failure, causing us to avoid taking risks or trying new things. This fear can prevent us from learning new skills or exploring new experiences, limiting our growth and potential. Number four, the need for control. The ego often creates a need to control situations and people. This can prevent us from being open to new perspectives and experiences leading to missed opportunities and a narrow-minded way of thinking. And last but not least, number five, um, resist to change. Let me wave at a couple of people in here. What's good, everybody? Um, for people who are who are coming in, so I'm recording myself on live, and I'm also recording my podcast right now. Okay, so if anybody have, like, comments or questions or whatever that I go over and stuff like that when I get done, talking on whatever specific subject you know i'll shout you out or mention whatever you say and you know we have little chats and stuff like that okay but last but not least on uh, the resistance to change all right the ego often resists change causing um causing us to cling to old habits and beliefs this can prevent us from adapting to new situations and can limit our growth and personal development by identifying and acknowledging these tendencies in ourselves, we can work to overcome them and live more freely and authentically. Okay, so let's deal with the first one. Uh, what's good, Joel? I appreciate that. Uh, Joel uh, with J Joel.l.tv says, uh, bless up to the God. Uh, bless up the God. Thanks for everything. I appreciate that. What's good, Ace? Um, so let's deal with number one, right? Self-limiting beliefs. And I know this is a major like issue with a lot of us, even for me sometimes, is uh, self-limiting beliefs. So like sometimes we might 
you know, have the goal to achieve something right for a content creator. They might want to post three times a day or maybe five times a week. Or if it's if it comes to YouTube, like they want to post just a YouTube video, like forget trying to post like two YouTube videos a day, like just posting a YouTube video and editing it and trying to find the right title and thinking whether or not it's going to be entertaining enough. You know, and you get so far up into your head to such a point where you're just like, you know what? I don't even want to post the video no more. Right. And so you hold yourself back from achieving the goals that you want to achieve. And, you know, I was watching somebody named Myron Golden right on YouTube. And he was talking about how, you know, what you say in your head and what you make up in your head in the negative is just as much of you know, make believe as what you could say in the positive is just based upon your intent. So we focus so much on our failures and what we can't do or what we think we can't do instead of focusing on what we can do. So in our head, we might have a goal of achieving, I don't know, wanting to learn martial arts or wanting to cook or wanting to do art or whatever our field occupation may be or whatever we want to do. And our ego will get in the way of wanting to achieve those things, right? So when your ego is acting counterproductive, instead of your ego telling you how good you can do it, you know, in its form of being arrogant, it works against you and tells you how much you can't do it and how you're not good enough to do it. And like, you don't really need to do that anyway, right? So you talk yourself out of doing certain stuff because you don't want to take the risk of possibly failing, right? And, you know, as Denzel Washington said, if you ain't failing, you ain't trying. <laughs> so like, if you're not going out of your way to do what needs to be done, right? Or achieving, trying to conquer whatever you want to conquer, you know, you have to try, you have to fail in order to, you know, succeed. You know, you can't risk regretting not wanting to do what you want to do. And a lot of people, they they're so content. You ever see people at like a, a grocery store and they just look so depressed. They might be in their mid 40s to 50s. Right. I'm 24. And I couldn't imagine just being content with being, you know, that person that that mops the floor and, and no, no offense to anybody who has those type of jobs. Right. I'm not downplaying anybody who out here doing what they need to do but I couldn't imagine giving up on my dreams of what I want to do in life to dress work at a grocery store for the rest of my life mopping floors and putting other people's groceries in grocery bags and stuff like that like that's that's not my vision that's not what I foresee in my future <laughs> I don't I don't understand like how some people you know, they just waste away their dreams because of self-limiting beliefs, because of listening to what other people might tell them. You know, you have this goal of wanting to achieve something and then all of a sudden somebody tells you, you really think you of all people can do that? I mean, like it's once in a million of a lifetime and and I don't know if you can really do what you want to do. And, and I mean, really, you want to do that? Now, it's different if you want to be a, a rapper. I think we have enough rappers as it is. Now, if you're a black man and you, you really have a real passion, I'm talking about a real passion for art, by all means do so. But some people, they just don't have it. 
I have a cousin. This man cannot rap for his life. And I'm sorry. The man cannot rap for his life. I'd rather listen to Little Baby than listen to this man. This man cannot rap for his life. And nobody, we we all on cold, right? We just, all right, you know, you do what you got to do. But, like, the man cannot rap for his life. And nobody, none of us would tell him, right? And it's sad. You know, it's kind of contradictory <laughs> to some of the stuff that I be saying, like being truthful. But, you know, like, we just waiting it out because we like, maybe he'll he'll get better over time right but it's been like five years and it hasn't gotten better like not one bit but (laughs) i will say his his christmas album that he came out with though his christmas his christmas album was not bad all right um i don't know if he got a new producer or something i don't know what it was but it was something of that sort but anyway no matter um even even if it comes to the point of being an artist or being a rapper, you know, there's going to be a lot of people telling you what you can't do, you know, and, and this is what it comes to, like, really stepping into the field of what you were purpose to do, right? It's a difference if, you know, you you just doing it because you want to do it and doing it because it's according to your purpose. So, like, if you really have a passion for art, like, pursue it, you know, if you really have a passion for music, pursue it, you know. And some people, we, we get into the, the mindset of like, oh, there's so many rappers out there already. Or there's so many teachers out there already. Or there's so many artists and people like, who going to listen to little old me? You know, and it's the same thing. It's the same thing as any other artist in rapper or artist or, or musician or whatever the case is. Like, there's hundreds of them, but there's nobody like you. <laughs> and that's how you have to put it, you know. Um, another form of like self-limiting beliefs that a lot of us have is we like to associate ourselves with the people around us. A lot of us, we like to associate, you know, oh, uh, well, Bethy over here, you know, she ain't getting her her makeup business on board. So uh, who going to really be on my business if ain't nobody getting on Becky's? Becky, she she got she got networks and she got this and she got that. She got a family. I ain't really got nobody who can bat me and see right, right there. You already on the course of, of failing over and over again, because you're basing what you can do off of somebody else. And you can't base what you can do off of somebody else. Miss conscious universe was good. Uh, she says your passion becomes a purpose that then becomes your abundance. You are aligned with your purpose. Only you can do uh, what you, uh, only you can do what you do, how you do it. Comparison is the theft of joy. Exactly. What's good, Farah? Exactly. I wish I could pin that, but <laughs> um, that is facts. I'm going to read that again. Your passion becomes a purpose that then becomes your abundance. You are aligned with your purpose. Only you can do what you do and how you do it. Exactly. And see, this is what I was telling one of my friends the other day as well. It's like, because she wants to create like a, a platform and stuff like that. Like how I be creating my platform. And, you know, she feels like that sometimes she's not good enough because she may not have the camera. She may not have the lights. She may not have the microphone. And I said, you know, I didn't start off that way. If you look back at my videos from 2018, 2019, all my videos were from an iPod. It was from an iPod. 
because I had an Android at the time. And, you know, I, it was, it was tragic. I ain't even going front. Even when I, even back in 2017, when I was pursuing YouTube and my iPod broke, my iPod broke and I just had an Android phone and I had a Samsung tablet and I used my Samsung tablet to, to make videos. <laughs> I would record, I would record my videos on my Samsung tablet and I would edit on my Samsung tablet. And even as, as bad as the quality may be, I still got views. I still had the likes. I still had comments. I still had engagement because I had the, the pursue or the want to do it, right? The, the want to pursue it, or I had the passion. So you can make videos on your Samsung tablet <laughs> or your, your iPod or your Android phone even, right? It's all about your passion and, you know, how far are you willing to go? And a lot of us, we have, we have iPhones, you know, how good an iPhone camera is, you know what I'm saying? And getting just one of those little mics from Amazon and hooking it up to your, uh, your iPhone, like you're good, you know, build your way up to where you want to go. And then you can, you can get the lights and then you, I don't even have like actual like camera lights. I use lamps, <laughs> but I, I make it work though, because that's how I see it. Like, I don't know if you can, for people on, on the live, like I'm using a lamp right now, you know, but it looks good <laughs> when you see it on camera, when you see it on, you know, YouTube, you wouldn't think that you would think I have like professional lights, but I actually use lamps. Like I just, I have, I put soft lighting, uh, soft lighting, uh, what you call them? Light bulbs in my lamps and I make it work. You know, and that's how you that's how you got to work with, you know, and when I get to a certain place that I want to go and when I have the setting that I want to have, then I might think it's necessary to have some professional camera lighting. And I might have that. I might have a whole different set of quality on my cameras and on my videos and stuff like that. But right now I'm content, you know, and you just have to be content with developing how you want to do stuff and, and where you want to go. Anyways, I think we dealt with enough on self-limiting beliefs. So you just, the solution to this is you got to change up how you see yourself. And most of the things that you tell yourself is such a habit that is in your subconscious mind, right? So you know how like, you know, the elders, right? <laughs> it's subconsciously, we don't even think about it, right? We say, Lord have mercy. Oh goodness. Oh my God. Like those, those type of things are like programmed in our subconscious mind. And so we may not even believe in, in God. We may not go to church or anything like that. And we just say, Lord, have mercy, because that's just how we were raised. And so we just subconsciously say, Lord, have mercy. Oh, my God. You know, bless them and all this type of stuff. So the same thing has to happen with how you see yourself, because you might have some very poor habits um, and some very poor programming of how you see yourself. And so as soon as you get into something, you subconsciously, you know, you say, ah, I know I can't do that. And right then and there, you already set yourself up. You know, when you want to pursue something, uh, I know I ain't going to do it right now. I just do it tomorrow. Tomorrow comes. Uh, 
I was going to do it today, but there's always tomorrow. Tomorrow, and it just keeps, you keep egging it and egging it, and that's procrastination, you know. And I ain't even going to front. Sometimes I have, I have a very bad, <laughs> very bad issue of procrastination. Okay, sometimes I, I like, I'm going to edit these three videos, and I only edit maybe one video, and then I have the second video in the editing format. And I'm like, you know what? I already... I already uploaded like three reels on the YouTube, you know, but I have to get out of that as well. I have to push myself to be like, I'm going to get through these two videos. I already uploaded three reels. That's great. But we need to push it on a little bit more and stuff like that. We have some of the people up in here. What's good, Flo? The, the solution to self-limiting beliefs is you just have to reprogram how you see yourself. So like if it has to be meditation, if it has to be like, you know, telling yourself i remember and i'm gonna tell you a little story to add on to this right um in the ninth grade when i was 14 right terrible the way i saw myself was terrible and i didn't even know it right and it wasn't even what i would tell myself is what i would you know allow people to tell me or what i would allow things to happen right and for an example there was i was in band right i was a band geek and I was in band camp and I was in the marching band and there would be these these white kids that would tell me all type of stuff. Right. Just tell me anything and everything. And I would just take it or I would laugh or I would just knock it off. Right. And I wouldn't respond back. I wouldn't defend myself. I wouldn't say anything to really uh, defend myself. Right. They could they could tell me anything. It would be shut up, Tyrone or or your big head self or or whatever the case is. Right. And. There were some some black men there that were like chaperones for our because um, I was in percussion. So there were like some chaperones there. And on the last week of band camp, right, the last few days, these black men took me in a room and it was a big mirror in there and they closed the door. They was like, yo, <laughs> now this was this was before I was even conscious. It was like, yo, you can't you can't let these people like talk to you like this. Right. And I'm just sitting there like, oh, but they're not even really serious like that. Like, it ain't even really like that. It ain't even really that. It's not even that deep. It's like, no, fam. Like, you don't you don't see how they're treating you. Like, they treat you like trash, fam. Like, they're they treating you like dirt. Like, they just treating you any type of way. They saying anything. And you just don't. Like, do you love yourself? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I love myself. What are you talking about? Like, I felt like they would put me in a corner to where like I had like some some issues, but I did have some issues because if I loved myself enough or if I uh, saw something in myself, then I would have defended myself, you know. So they were like, I want you to go in the mirror and tell yourself that you love yourself. Right. It's like go to the mirror and tell yourself that you are somebody. And I look in the mirror and I couldn't even say it, yo. I don't know if it was because, like, people were in the room. I don't know if it was because, like, it, the intensity. I could not utter the words, I love myself. Or I couldn't utter the words, uh, I love myself. Or I, I see myself. Or, like, like things like that. And <laughs> I look back at it. And that was so tragic. Because I can do that now. Right. Like I can look in the mirror. I don't care who's in there. 
I could say I love myself or I am somebody or I'm that nigga. You know, I could do that. That's that's easy peasy, you know, stuff like that. But I could not do that for the life of me. And it showed like right then and there. I didn't have the love that I was supposed to have for myself. It wasn't until my senior year when I actually grew a backbone and I actually started to defend myself. Nobody wanted to mess like nobody wanted to mess with me. Like nobody wanted to bother me when it came to those type of things, you know, like and, and mind you, the school that I went to was predominantly white. OK, so there were some shenanigans that would go on between black kids and white kids. It is what it is. OK, we'll just keep it at that. That's a whole another story for another day. <laughs> but it wasn't until I grew like some actual balls to actually, you know, defend myself on, you know, certain topics like that or or dealing with like defending myself. But anywho, I dealt with over almost all that, like 10 minutes, 15 minutes of number one. <laughs> OK, number two, uh, competitive nature, right? The ego often creates a need to compete, improve ourselves to others. This can lead to a sense of superiority over others, causing us to put others down. Um, acting aggressively towards them. Uh, okay, okay. So this is this is when dealing with like, is is dealing with arrogance, but it's dealing with arrogance to the point where you become narcissistic, right? Nobody nobody likes somebody who's a narcissist, and nobody likes somebody who thinks that they're a know-it-all, right? It's one thing if you have confidence in yourself. It's another thing if you're working with people, and because you think so highly of yourself. You want to put yourself in the forefront above everybody else and you want to be in the spotlight and everybody else is in the shadows. Right. Or is in your shadow rather. And so when having that type of like ego is very, very tragic. Right. It's very disappointing or disheartening because it gets to a point where nobody wants to be around you. <laughs> nobody wants to. Uh, uh, invite you to a party or invite you to hang out or eat with you or like talk with you about their personal life. Like they telling other people to watch out for you. All right. Cause you a backstabber or you, you ain't loyal. You know, you only loyal to yourself. You only put yourself first before anybody else and stuff like that. And so the way that you can solve this easily is just be humble. Literally like, like Kendra Lamar say, like, sit down, bitch, be humble. <laughs> like, that's what you got to do. You you have to really lay yourself aside. And that's not to say that you should put other people before yourself. But like the world doesn't revolve around you. OK. When it comes to I mean, you can walk up in the room like you own it. All right. Like have that confidence to be the best. Right. But don't have the confidence to such a point where it becomes narcissism, you know, to where you pushing other people out of the way and you putting people down and you talking mess about other people. And like if somebody has a different perspective on something, you want to, you know, want to call them out their name and stuff like that. Like that's it's unnecessary. OK, now three goes back to one a little bit. So three deals with the fear of failure. Um, and this is. I'm going to say it again for those like who just came in and stuff like that. So the ego often creates a fear of failure, 
causing us to avoid taking risks or trying new things. The fear can prevent us from learning new skills or exploring new experiences, limiting our growth and potential. And so our ego often can prevent us from wanting to do something because of the fear of taking that risk. So if we want to invest in something that has to do with our money, you know, and we want to invest a couple of hundred dollars in something, uh, let's say like we have a clothing line, right? And you want to get your clothing line on board, right? And so you see these samples of some of your best shirts or some of your favorite shirts. And you like, you know, if I invest in $300 in this clothing line, I can sample these two shirts, these two shirts, and these two hoodies. And I'm going to post myself in them. And I'm going to make content in them for the next month and see what I can get back, right? But then you start thinking about it, right? And then that first week comes and ain't nobody hit that link. The second week comes and ain't nobody hit that link. That third week comes, you hear somebody, oh, yeah, I'm going to get your shirt, brother. I'm going to get I'm going to get your shirt, brother. I, and nobody hit that link. And now you have you start having that fear of failure. Right now, you feel like I shouldn't even have taken this risk in the first place. But now you also have to self-reflect because did you do what was necessary to get yourself out there? You know, like you may have invested $300 in that shirt, but you thought that was just good enough to get the shirt. You didn't reach out to anybody on the shirts. Instead of you investing $300 in you getting the shirt, you could have reached out to other people and be like, I'm going to give you a sample of my shirt and I want you to. You see what I'm saying? So certain things, you just went about it the wrong way. You learn from those mistakes, from your failures, and then invest, invest it again. Do it again. Invest another 300 and instead of you being the one to style and profile the shirts, you, you hit up people that you might know who have bigger platforms and stuff like that. And if you know you have some really good logos and symbols and stuff like that, you, you ask them, like, I'm going to give you one of my shirts. Could you please, you know, shout it out and all that type of stuff, talk business, all that type of stuff, you know. So you got to get out of the, the whole fear of failure. Because you can learn from your failure. You can learn from your mistakes and do better. Okay. So that's the solution to that one. Um, Number four, the need for control. Which kind of goes back to number two a little bit. Um, This says that the ego often creates a need to control situations and people. This can prevent us from being open to new perspectives and experiences leading to missed opportunities in a narrow-minded way of thinking. All right. So this goes back to what I was saying in number two, when I was talking about like how the ego um, basically like they want to be number one and they want to be the one in the spotlight. You know, ain't nobody come to see you, Otis, like, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Like when when you want to be number one, like when when you the only one in life that matters in your life and everybody's just behind you, everybody's supposed to follow you, you know, and in, and truly and in, in, in honesty, you really don't know what you're doing. So number four is the same solution for number two. All right. Number five is the resistance to change. A lot of people fear change and they resist change. So they go back to their old habits in the way that they know how just being comfortable. And, you know, I heard this woman in one of these uh, like content creating sessions and stuff like that, one of these panels. And she said that you have to make what is unfamiliar familiar, meaning that. 
you know, if you wake up every day a certain time and you do certain at a certain time, you do this at a certain time and the way that your routine goes does not benefit you throughout that whole day. You have to change up your routine. You have to do what is unfamiliar, familiar to get the success that you want and stuff like that. So instead of you waking up at 8.30, 9 o'clock, <laughs> start waking up at 6.30 to 7. You know, instead of you waking up early in the morning and being on your phone for an hour and a half, get up, brush your teeth, meditate, take your time out to, you know, make some breakfast here and there, maybe do some push-ups, change your routine up to be more productive rather than to procrastinate and be, you know, easily distracted and stuff like that. Wake up early in the morning, work out, go to the gym, stuff like that. You know, start off your day on a positive note. So, you know, things of that nature. Let me wave at some of the people in here. What's good, everybody? So, a lot of us, ooh, excuse me, a lot of us, we are very content in our old habits, you know, old beliefs. And this prevents us from adapt, uh, uh, ooh, I cannot say that word, <laughs> adapting to like new situations and new places and new environments and stuff like that. Like, let's say like you want to have a better job or you want to have a better occupation and you want to get to a point where like you want to do something different and like, okay, you got your portfolio ready. You got your resume ready. You, you, you connecting and stuff like that. And all of a sudden now you get, um, you get a, a email back or you get a phone call back. Like we, we want to take, the next step with you now all of a sudden you want to step back now you all of a sudden you get you ghosted because now you fear now what if i put myself in this situation and then i fail what if i get in this situation and they may not like me or you know i might have and all of this is made up i want people to understand that like all of this is made up in your head as much as you focusing on the negative is as much as you can focus on the positive and so many people focus so much on the negative they self-sabotage themselves you might know somebody who self-sabotage or you might know somebody you know who self-sabotage because they think so lowly of themselves you know that just goes back to number one self-limiting beliefs you know you think so lowly of yourself to such a point where failure is second nature to you and that's a that's a terrible like habit to have to where you think so lowly of yourself that you not being good enough is what cuts it for you. Like you failing and you not wanting to change and you having this continuous pattern of your of your life. That's the norm for you. You know, it's the same thing like with dating. Like you hear some of these women, some of these men out here. Ain't no man want me. You hear some of these women out here, ain't no man want me. I can't find nobody. Ain't nobody want me. I guess I'm just too crazy. You hear some of the fellas out here, this is modern day women. Get your passports. I can't find nobody. There ain't no good women here. <laughs> they never did any self-reflection to be like, you know, maybe it's me. You know, maybe it's something I'm doing. Maybe it's, you know, where I'm going to find these women. Maybe it's the way that I come off. Because all of that has to be taken into consideration. You know, if you truly want change, as Michael Jackson say, you have to look at the man in the mirror. And a lot of people, you know, we can, it's so easy to judge other people. And it's so, 
hard <laughs> to judge yourself. It's so easy to point fingers at somebody and tell them what they're doing wrong on these podcast panels and stuff like that. But it's so hard to look in the mirror and be like, damn, I'm a little passive aggressive. Damn, I'm a maybe I'm not as understanding as I think I am. Dang, I always cut people off when they try to get to a point. Maybe I am a little quick tempered. You know, these are things that you have to take into consideration. You know, you know, things of that nature. So. Number five, the solution to that is just taking the risk and going for it, like without second thought, you know, changing your habits, because scientifically it takes up to 10 to 14 days, 12 to 14 days to make a new habit. And what do you got to lose instead of you <laughs> instead of you being wallowing in your old habits for two weeks? challenge yourself push yourself for two weeks to do something different you know i mean you ain't got nothing to lose other than to just being more regret and being more sorrow <laughs> and be more depressed you know change your habits up change up your routine you know that's been my motto for this whole month is change the routine you know and for those who been following my you know my esoteric information and stuff like that um, who've been following me for a minute, I always say that your routine and your lifestyle is a ritual. And most people don't look at it that way. You know, and people hit me up about magic and stuff like that. Like, what's the best spell? Uh, what's the best spell to, to, to get my life back on course? What's the best spell to get some money? What's the best spell to, to, to get stronger? And, and I said, change your routine. That's it. You don't need a magical spell. You don't need an enchantment. You don't need the Grimorium Verum. You don't need the Lesser Keys of Solomon. <laughs> you don't need the Book of the Law. You don't need Aleister Crowley. You don't need alchemy. Because you are alchemy. But that's another story. All you need to do is change your routine and change your mind because the mind is all and the universe is mental, you know, and this is what I was bringing to the forefront, you know, back in 2020. I remember like I remember a lot of people were mad at me because I said um, that I hate rituals or not rituals. I hate altars. I said I'm against altars. But the point of me saying that was not to say that I was against altars. Right. You know, and I further go on like a few months later to explain, like, I'm not against altars and I'm not against people who use crystals and stuff like that but people focus so much on those materials on those objects that they're not focusing on their inner power so i would say like you know the altar is just a reflection or a projection of what's within you know because you are the altar you are the temple of god you know so you don't need you don't need an altar it's good to to have one if you know, that's how you program your subconscious mind. That's how you get your power out. You know, you know, these these tools are just vessels that you use. Right. It's like a, a saxophone or a trumpet. Right. It's a vessel when you blow through it. Right. You use your power to blow through the trumpet or the flute or the saxophone and beautiful music comes out. That's the same thing as an altar. That's the same thing as crystals that's the same thing as certain rituals and stuff like that you use these things as vessels 
to bring out what you want to bring out into this world, you know, bring things into manifestation. So things of that nature, your life is a ritual. Your routine is a ritual because what you do on an everyday basis brings about a certain result. So if you don't work out and you excessively eat unhealthy things, your result is you're going to get fat, obese, have diabetes, heart, kidney failure. But if you have the routine to eat better, you have the routine to work out five times a day, run one to two miles, you know, wake up early, meditate, focus, keep your mind. Don't be so much on your phone. You're going to get different results. That's just as spiritual as somebody who wants to be off and be like Harry Potter or something like that. <laughs> so these are things you have to take into consideration. Like your lifestyle is a ritual. And so you have to be the one in control of what you bring out into, you know, into your life. Dr. I hope I said this right. Dr. Branch Cutie. Um, he says, should black people undergo an MK Ultra program to help them out? That's a little much. I don't think you need to. <laughs> I didn't have to use MK Ultra um, to help me out. Uh, some people are just beyond gone. Okay. Like some people, some black people just cannot be helped. Like just let the dead bury the dead. Like some black people just cannot be reached. You know, and that's okay because not everybody was meant to be reached. Uh, but I don't think it's necessary to have um, MK Ultra done to some of us. <laughs> I think that's a little traumatic, um, and it defeats the purpose of enlightenment. Like to to get to this type of information, to get to this type of knowledge, it has to come to you, right? You have to be one of the chosen to be the one to be awakened. You can't program enlightenment. You can program being brainwashed. You can program being uh, uh, compromised or or being a sheep, like being sheeple. But if you was to use MK Ultra on black people just so they can be enlightened, it's no different than what they're doing to you. So you can't program enlightenment. You have to, enlightenment has to come to you. Uh, old habits and dogma equals zero growth. Exactly. Oh, Lord, Adrian up in here. <laughs> um, all right, let me wave at everybody. Okay. Moving on to the next topic. Religious people be on some bullshit. Okay. And they really do. Okay. Uh, like, religious people really do be on that hoopla. Yeah, something that people need to understand is that you don't need to be spiritual by trying to follow a religion trying to follow a Bible or trying to follow up on, excuse me, trying to follow up on a God, trying to be a good citizen. You don't need to do any of that to try and be a good person. You really don't like all it takes is for you to be who you are and be true to yourself, you know, but Christians think that for you to do you and just to be yourself is counterproductive they they think that you need a god to be moral that you need a bible to be righteous but we are righteous by nature because 
we are gods in the flesh. The supreme consciousness is within us. And being true to ourselves and looking within ourselves is how we get to that point. Now, that's not the mean. Uh, that doesn't mean disregard the Bible, disregard the Vedas, disregard ancient texts, because ancient texts and books are how we can learn more about ourselves. But we shouldn't depend on books. OK, it tells you in your Bible that you are supposed to be led by the spirit, not by the letter. Right. So you're supposed to be led by what's in the inward part of yourself and not focusing on what he say, she say in a book. Okay, so for people who, if you know your Bible, you would know it tells you to be led by the Spirit. Okay, so you're supposed to be led by the Spirit and what's within you, rather than following a Bible, following a Vedas, following a Quran. You know, like I said, like no disrespect to those books, but at the end, at at the the final course, right? What it's supposed to build you up to do is to search for the kingdom of heaven, right? That's within you. The son of man in the Gnostic Gospels in the in the uh, I don't think it's the Gospel of Thomas. I think it's the Gospel of Mary. One of the Gnostic Gospels, uh, Jesus was having a sit down with Mary Magdalene and he tells Mary Magdalene that the, the son of man is not to come. The son of man is not going to be in the sky. The son of man is not going to be seen with observation. Ooh. OK, so what I was concluding saying is that. Um. The the inward course or the final course is for like the the final course of, of your whole spiritual journey is for you to come to a knowledge of yourself. Right. That's what it means to seek ye first the kingdom of God. Right. And the son of man uh, in the occult aspect, the son of man is the soul of man, the soul within man. Right. Because when you're dealing with the son. What do we get from the sun? We get solar energy, right? You break down the word Solomon. Solomon just means the son of man, right? Now we deal with like the, the meaning names, meaningful names and stuff like that in the Bible. We deal with that another time for another day, right? But Solomon, Solomon means the son of man, the soul of man, right? Um, so let me let me go back. Let me go back. Let me scroll back up because some people are talking, 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 talking. Uh, why are you going to start debating people again? When it when am I? I don't debate. <laughs> I don't debate with people. Uh, it's not necessary. Uh, you know what? Let me take this off real quick. Oh, let me read what he said. Right. So the man was like the depths of hell are no place to joke about. Jesus Christ died to protect you from the eternal death. Praying for your deliverance. Mm. Aren't Christians so arrogant sometimes? <laughs> Praying for your deliverance, right? And whatever whatever type of rituals that happened and whatever people were doing before Jesus came, right? All that stuff can't can't possibly be in connection to God. Anyways, but uh, actually, I have it on my computer. I don't even know why I, was, why I had to have that up. Um, now, somebody said, one of my lovely friends, uh, they said, why why are you scared to repent? Now, we, we can thoroughly break this down, right? I didn't even really have to go on a whole sermon on this. But to repent means to change 
your mindset, right? It's to change your shift, change how you live on an everyday basis, right? So to repent means that you confess of however you were living, however type of mindset, and you make a 180. I'm not scared to repent. I just refuse to give my life force and my energy to an entity. So I'm not scared to repent. I'm using my words or I'm using my life in a more of a productive manner from my perspective. All right. So for me, I don't deem it being beneficial to worship a God or to worship Jesus. I see Jesus as me. Me and Jesus are like this. Right. It's kind of like when you look in Greek mythology, Zeus, Heracles, uh, Diana, Hera, Apollo, Hermes, Prometheus. These entities are just a reflection of yourself, right? So Jesus is just another version of Haru, another version of Tammuz, another version of Superman, <laughs> another version of Ilegua. Like Jesus is just another version of your higher self. Okay, so I'm not scared to repent. I just refuse to look at spirituality in a way where I have to worship an entity, right? Or I have to give my life to an entity when Jesus never told anybody to repent to him. No, like Jesus never told nobody to give your life to him, make him your personal savior and make him the, the theme of your everyday spiritual journey. He told you to give the praise to God, right? And where is God? God resides within a house or a building not made by the hands of man. Okay. So looking within, knowing self, right? As the comedic people say, uh, know yourself and you shall then know the gods. You know, so that's that's where, you know, Jesus get that concept of the kingdom of heaven. Because even the comedic people say that the kingdom of heaven is within you. Uh, somebody said I need to learn more about Mary Magdalene. Hit my Patreon because we we talk about a lot of stuff on like the the, uh, the divine feminine and stuff like that. So uh, hit on my Patreon and we get into all those type of things like with Mary Magdalene and stuff like that. Um, what is like dependence? Your shut up. So you wanna you want a double negoti? Look, 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 let's be respectful in the comments, please. Okay. <laughs> um, My ancestor's name was Solomon. Oh, what's good, Dabby? Your ancestor's name was, was Solomon. Uh, one of my ancestors were, uh, well, my grandfather, his name was David Samuel. So, ooh, not bad. Uh, yeah, my, my grandfather, his name was David Samuel. So, like, he... He had he had two biblical names on top of that. Uh, first of all, uh, that question was it. <laughs> Let's be respectful in the comments, please. All right. But you you are you are allowed to, to respond back to him. It's Kiki. Um, any real. Oh, I need to pass that. Love you, bro. Love you, too, bro. What's good, Bob? <laughs> Sage. What's good, Sage? Um. But yeah, we're we, we going to get into this. All right. We're going to get active real quick. All right. Because that was a good question. 
that was a great question. I I don't mind people like especially if we have different perspectives, um, for people to come come by and uh express different perspectives. I don't mind that at all, because uh, a lot of people just don't know. Some people are like they come here willingly to learn, and it wasn't disrespectful. All right, so like when Christians or people with different perspectives come on in, like there is. <laughs> Calm it down, all right? Let's not get into the ego like we were talking about. And let's give people the space to learn, you know, and, and they can think for themselves and stuff like that, all right? So I have no issues with people asking, like, those type of things. Why are you scared to repent? Why you don't believe in Jesus? Or, like, what do you think about Judgment Day? Or all this type of stuff, right? I think we're willing to have, like, some very appropriate conversations and stuff like that. So, I don't mind people asking me something like that. Um, but, yeah, getting getting back to what we, we're going to be talking about. And, like I said before, like, um, as it says in the pen, like, you know, leave questions, leave comments and stuff like that. We can evaluate them and, and go through them. Uh, so, that you want to link with some tea and thoughts and do a pie. We definitely need to do, do uh, can't talk. <laughs> we definitely need to do a podcast. Um, and do a sit down and stuff like that. That would be, that would be great. That'd be a lot of like knowledge to impact, uh, unpacked, not impact. But, um, what I have in my notes here is like, um, a lot of Christians think that they are know-it-alls and believe in their hearts that somebody's coming back to save them. Jesus never said he was coming back. Now this is very controversial. Okay. Because Christians wholeheartedly believe that somebody is coming back to save them and nobody is coming back to save your black ass nobody's coming to save your black ass jesus not coming back why because the son of man is within you the son of man is not coming back from the skies the son of man is coming back from within you you're the one that's coming back <laughs> coming back to yourself. The second coming, the second return is is about yourself. It's about your awakening. It's about your enlightenment. Right? It tells you in, in the Bible how it talks about like this resurrection. Right? If we be dead with Christ, we shall also live with Christ. This resurrection, this is the second coming. That's what this resurrection is about. Is is you awakening, you coming to a knowledge of yourself. That's the second coming. The second coming is not coming from the sky. As Jill Scott said, the revolution will not be televised. <laughs> because the tele the revolution is not is not external. It's not going to be seen with the with the human eye. The the revolution starts in the mind. That's what he said. The revolution starts with the eye. Or it, it starts with the mind. So a lot of Christians they think that they know it all. You know, a lot of them, like when they see people with different perspectives or different ideologies or they live life differently, you know, that they literally enforce their judgment on other people and think that they are doing something that they're not in the begin with, like to begin with. Uh, you get a lot of backlash for that comment. Yes, I will get a lot of backlash for that comment, <laughs> but but I'm fine with that. I'm fine with it. Uh, they okay? A lot of people they they're not gonna come to that sense of of understanding anyway. 
you know. Um, what else I have in my notes? A lot of Christians don't live according to God. They live according to their fear. That's why they broke. They broke mentally, emotionally, spiritually. That's why they can't keep a marriage. And that's why they can't keep friendships. Damn. I was going in in these notes. <laughs> okay, let's deal with it, though. A lot of Christians don't live according to God. They live according to their fear. That is wild. Okay, so let me break that down, right? Because a lot of Christians, when they tell you, like, they love Jesus, they love God, and they, all this type of stuff, right? And when they deal with people from different perspectives, and they deal with people from a different culture, the first thing is that they don't tell you about the love of Jesus. They don't tell you about how a certain culture or a certain thing that you're doing is spiritually unhealthy. The first thing they're going to tell you is they're going to put the fear of God in you. They are going to tell you, you's going to hell because you's not listening to the word of God and you ain't worshiping my Jesus. Oh, you's going to get it now. Like they, they start shucking and jiving on you. <laughs> you's going to hell. Who said I'm going to hell? Jesus never even mentioned hell. If you really look back, like at the original text. Hell was not even mentioned in the Old Testament. So how that work? How Jesus going to mention something that wasn't even mentioned in the Old Testament? Hell was made up by the Roman Catholic Church. Ma'am, sir, it. Ma'am, sir, it. Like, hell is not in the Bible. These are words. These are things you have to really look into. And you really have to like have a sit down with yourself and discover like, what do I truly believe in? Because if there is no hell, why do I need to serve God in the first place if I'm not going to go to hell? Right? <laughs> I'm talking about, we, we're talking about a book that was strategically and masonically put together. Translated, retranslated, retransliterated hundreds of times. 66, I believe it's 66 books in the King James Bible. That's that's a Masonic number. Okay. King James was a Mason as well, along with all the people that put the Bible together. Masons aren't bad. Okay. So when I use the word Masons, don't automatically think they were, you know, baby eaters or something like that. Like that's <laughs> that's not what a Mason is. A Mason is just somebody who is highly advanced in knowledge. Okay, that's just that's that's what it means to be a mason. You you know your stuff. That's what it means. So somebody asked me a question in the question mark thing. Uh, do you ever think your family will stop going to church? No. For as long as Jesus not coming back. <laughs> as long as the sun goes up and down or, or as long as the earth keeps going around the sun. As long as, as air is breathing through their body, they are going to believe fervently in their Lord Jesus Christ. I left a good one for you. Um, why Christians get to sin and then get to claim Jesus after they burnt out from terrorizing folks. <laughs> Because that's their insurance. 
That's why. They, they they use that Jesus card. Oh, he died for my sins. He God's still working on me. They think they they more righteous than thou because they got that Jesus card. So they they slip up. That's why he died for my sins in the first place. Yeah, and Jesus also talks about being lukewarm. You see what I'm saying? So you're either gonna be hot or cold. Um, am I in Houston? Nope, I am not in Houston. Unfortunately, I am in Georgia. I'm near the Savannah area currently. Uh, Dogma. Yes, yeah, growing up, my, my grandpa was a Mason. A Mason. I said Mason. <laughs> um, I don't know if I have any Masonic people in my family. I know I have some on my, like, my distant family on my mom's side. Deep penetration. Is Miss Wednesday? <laughs> well, what's good? What's good? What's good? They still sin after they accept Jesus. So, like, how that work? That's the difference. The difference is now they have they have some uh, you know, they have some insurance to back them up for it. So it's not like they're gonna technically go to hell. You know, crazy. But anyways, um, so. Like I was saying before, like a lot of people don't, a lot of Christians don't live according to God. They live according to their fear, right? And it shows, especially when you have interactions with them and you tell them how you don't believe or, you know, you're just doing your own thing or what you do is, is pagan, right? All this type of stuff. And Christians, and I could tell you up front because I was a very fervent Christian, that Christians believe because they're not trying to go to hell. That's what it is. They're not trying to go to hell. So they are going to stay. They're going to stay fervent according to the word of God. And all while doing that, right? You would think these, these, these fervent, faithful Christians got their whole life together. But it's far from that. The children are, are spiritually broken, mentally broken, emotionally broken. Some of these people, they can't keep a marriage. They can't keep a relationship. But Jesus is first in their life. They have a personal relationship with Jesus. Now, if I have a personal relationship with Jesus. Matter of fact, I'll use an example, right? If I have a personal relationship with a billionaire. Right. Somebody who has major connections. Do you really think I'm going to be poor? No. I'm not going to be poor. <laughs> I should be getting bank. If I if I have a personal relationship with a billionaire, the man should make me a millionaire within less than six months. So if you have a personal relationship with Jesus, how are you broke? How are you broke mentally, emotionally, spiritually, financially? How is it you can't keep a man? How is it that you aren't spiritually in control, like self-control? You're not sober. You know, you don't have any of the fruits of the spirit. None of them, not one, not even joy. Everybody, somebody's around you. They feel like they got a tense up. They got to go the other way because you out here being a Scrooge and you are you a child of God. 
Yami. I'm mispronouncing Mason. What, Mason, Mason, <laughs> Masan? <laughs> Christians in my life have been the most scary when it comes to their moral compass. Tell me about it. Tell me about that. Um. Mm, okay, so we have two stories that I wanted to talk about. Which one should I start off with first? We could do with the know-it-all first, right? Because I had a story for the know-it-all. Okay. So, back in my day, right? I was in my Hebrew phase, right? I just want to mention this. Um, I am very well versed in the Bible. Alright? At least by 80%. I don't know every passage in the Bible. Okay? I don't know every... Word by word, line by line, in terms of a story, right? But I'm very aware of the way that the Bible says certain things. I am very aware of primary passages and primary lessons taught by the scripture. Okay, I know a lot of stuff that a lot of people don't know about the scripture and stuff like that. And I'm also willing to still learn about certain things in the Bible or about the Bible. But I was a Bible-thumping, Jesus-loving boy back in my days, okay? So, just want to give that disclaimer, okay? But, you know, I went through my phase of being conscious, you know, uh, like my senior year in high school. And then I got out of the conscious movement in 2019, officially. And I became a, a Hebrew, right? I would say I'm a Hebrew, no Israelite. Because <laughs> I, I didn't want to be associated with, like, the crazy Hebrew Israelites. Um, and when I was entering into this phase of being a Hebrew... I um I was one of those Hebrews that, you know, I didn't believe in the Bible to be taken literal. I was I believed in the Bible as like a metaphysical book or like a book that kind of just showcases the morality and the uh spiritual lessons and information of a culture. So I was like, you know how like people look at Greek mythology to showcase like lessons to be learned and like how you can be inspired to be Haru. You're going to be inspired to be Zeus or you can be inspired to be Ares. Like I looked at the Bible as that, like you could be, you could be Moses or you could be Samson, you know, things like that. This was back in 2019. Right. And this deals with the aspect of like Christians being a know-it-all. And I was, I was hitting at this, this beautiful black girl, right? This beautiful girl. Um, we was both in film uh, we was taking this class for field production and stuff like that. And we had to do a project and stuff. So it was me, her, and one of my friends. We kind of hit it off, right? The other girl, we kind of hit it off and stuff like that. And so we get to a point where, like, we get to know each other, yada, 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 yada. And, like, anywho, we get to a point to where all of a sudden we... We walking from class, basically. We walking up to the cafe, and this is on a Monday night. And I only know this because, like, one of the specific, like, details of the story was because it was a Monday night. And like, I was going to the cafe, and she started going upstairs, right? And so I was like, I was like, where are you going? You got another class? And she's like, no, I'm going to Bible study. I said, damn. Me and this girl was hitting it off well. And then she just told me she's going to Bible study. 
I was so what the Johnny? I think I said that right. Call me the Johnny. I haven't seen you in forever. Where have you been? I thought you done left on your pilgrimage or something. <laughs> well, it's great to see you. It's great to see you. Um. Anyways, I was like, damn. See a Christian now. Anywho, I'm like, you know what? I'll see it through. We can, we can see. So I'm like, you know what? All right, you go to your Bible study and you, you, you tell me how it is tomorrow, right? The next day happens and stuff like that. And I ask her about, you know, how was her Bible study? How was it good? And she was like, yeah, it was good. It was all right. You should come along. I was like, who be hosting these these Bible studies, right? This fool gonna tell me. The Holy Spirit be hosting them. I said the Holy Spirit. I said man don't play these games with me. Like you know. You know exactly who I'm talking about. What I mean like who who hosting these. You know what I mean. Like who who hosting. Like who man woman. Black white like who hosting. The, the, the session. And she over here like. I mean it's a black woman. But it really doesn't matter. Who's hosting the bible studies i said to me it does to me it does because i can't learn about being spiritual from somebody who doesn't look like me i can learn from somebody who doesn't look like me i cannot grasp spirituality i can't vibe with somebody who doesn't look like me and they're telling me about spirituality i was raised up in a baptist church okay Everybody was black up in there. The first person to teach me about God was a black man. We're going to keep it that way. <laughs> black man, black woman. Okay. It's, it's one thing to learn about certain concepts and aspects and stuff. But I can't, I can't resonate with somebody. I have to resonate with somebody if we're going on a spiritual aspect, if that makes sense. And I was trying to explain that to her. And she just going off, well, it's the spirit and, you know, the spirit can work in everybody and all, all this, all this hoopla. And then we get to a matter of talking about like knowledge and information and stuff like that. Right. And so she's like, do you even believe in Jesus? Is Jesus your Lord and Savior? I said, I see Jesus differently than you do. OK, so it's not necessarily in the aspect of seeing Jesus as my Lord and Savior. So you don't believe in Jesus is what you're telling me. You don't need to say no more. And I'm like, you are so stuck up. I didn't say any of that. And you won't even hear me out. But you did. You just told me you don't believe in Jesus. Scroll up, ma'am. I never said one thing about not believing in Jesus. I said, I see Jesus differently than you. So we get into this whole conversation. And I was telling her. And I couldn't even really break it down to her that I didn't see Jesus the same way she did. Right? That I saw Jesus in the aspect of your higher self. I see Jesus as more so of a reflection of yourself rather than to believe that Jesus actually existed. But I couldn't even get there because she was so hell bound to her beliefs that I didn't believe in Jesus from her perspective. Right. And when I was trying to break it down to her, she was like, you're leaning on your own understanding. Now, this is something that Christians will throw at you to deprogram or to malfunction your critical thinking. 
Jesus or the Bible rather never told you to be um, sheeple. It's all based upon interpretation. Okay, so the interpretation that Christians and religious people give the Bible is that, you know, God wants you to be dumbfounded. <laughs> and that's just not the case. When the Bible tells you in all you're getting, get understanding or or lean not on your own understanding is not telling you not to get understanding. It's not telling you not to think for yourself. It's not telling you not to have a, a mind of your own. It's telling you not to be stuck up. It just goes back to what we was talking about with the ego. It's telling you not to be a know-it-all, not to be arrogant. It's not telling you not to have uh, a mind of your own to think for yourself. And I hate when people, when black people or, or when Christians misplace that message or that scripture, right? But they think it's arrogant in a way for you to have your own set of beliefs or for you to have your own perspectives or for you to study. When in their own Bible, it tells them to study to show thyself approved. You know, you should have the uh, a discerning spirit or you should have the ability to discern things and to study and to sort out resources and stuff like that and not just be uh, knowledgeable in your field of information and stuff like that. What's good, Sage? You know, stuff like that. And uh, uh, Maddie, Miss Maddie was good. So, you know, stuff like that. And we kind of fell out after that. <laughs> after that, everything went downhill from that relationship. But, you know, I, I shared that message or I shared that story to show you, like, there's some, there's a good amount of, like, Christians out there who are very stuck up. Now, concerning the fear aspect, right, um, this this happened yesterday, literally yesterday, right? And so yesterday... I worked out, I went to the gym, came back from the gym, and I decided to go to um, to the store and get me something to eat, right? Give me some snacks and all this other stuff. And I'm in the parking lot, and I just had this weird passion to basically, like, um, I had this weird passion to just, I don't know, read one of my books, right? Because I have a book about uh, content creating. And so I was like, you know what? I haven't even read my book all day or for the past few days, right? And I've been trying to be consistent with reading a chapter a day and stuff like that, right? Um, and so I was like, you know what? I'm going to read my book. I'm going to read my book in this parking lot and just vibe. It was a nice, nice music playing and all this other type of stuff, right? And so then I get done and one of my family members, you know, they call me. We chatting it up and stuff like that. And, you know, we we hitting it off and stuff like that. We we having this conversation and they was asking, like, what am I doing? I was like, well, you know, I was at the store. I just came back from the store. I was reading my book uh, while I was in the parking lot for a little bit. And then I'm on my way home. And they were like, why? Why would you? Why would you read your book in a in a parking lot, in a store parking lot? Now, disclaimer, I do understand the predicament because really, who who going to read a book in a store parking lot? <laughs> but I said, because I can. Sometimes I like to do stuff just because I can. Like, not weird stuff, but like, I don't know, reading a book in a parking lot, 
I mean, how many people do you know that can read a book in a parking lot just because? I did it just because. I, I had the feel. I had the passion to do it. It was a nice vibe. It's a nice area. I'm just read my book. You, know, like you couldn't read it at the park. You couldn't read it at home. You just you read it in a store parking lot. I said, is it a crime, Negro? Like, <laughs> what's wrong with me reading my book in the parking lot, right? And mind you, this is a fervent Christian. This is a fervent Christian we're talking about here. Okay, a fervent Christian having this conversation with me now. Mind you, this is what I'm about to say, right? Uh, what book? I have it right here. It's a book by this black man that I follow. Um, his name is Roberto Blake. And I'm going to show it for people on my podcast. Create Something Awesome. A wonderful book about content creating and like how creators can uh, make a profit and uh, like really expand their brand and stuff like that. It's a great book. Great book. I highly recommend it. Anywho, I read one of these chapters. It was a chapter. I remember what chapter it was. It was about. Um. How to stand out and be noticed. It was chapter 8. How to stand out and be noticed. Anywho. They go on this whole course. Right. Telling me about how like. You just need to be more careful out there. And. and, and uh, I don't know. You shouldn't be reading no book in a parking lot. Because you know they might look at you. And it might be suspicious. That don't even make any type of sense. Mind you. My car has tinted windows. It's broad daylight. I almost can 110% guarantee you nobody's studying me in my parking, in, in, in my car, in the parking lot in broad daylight in tinted windows reading my book. And this is what happens when Negroes watch the news too damn much. And I don't know if y'all have family members, you know, mother father auntie uncle i don't know if you have family members that just watch the news too much i mean it was hell during during like the whole pandemic it was hell it was complete hell i could not i had to argue with my parents about going to the gym back in 2021 because they thought i was gonna let i was gonna let uh uh i can't say the word letting the ravioli enter through the room all this type of stuff, right? I'm talking about they are I'm not to the core brainwashed. It is ridiculous. Anyways, y'all have to excuse living out in the country like I don't know. It was it was what you just heard was like a frog and it's like outside of my window. This is what happens when you live in the country. All right. Like I remember like a and I live by trees, too. Right. And this is off course. I live by trees, too. And, you know, you see like you hear squirrels, squirrels jumping off of trees and all those type of stuff like stuff like that be happening. In the country. okay, And I don't know how to get rid of this frog (laughs) outside of my window. I don't. But, you know, I heard that frogs are a sign of good luck. 
and prosperity. So my friend was like, oh, that's a sign of prosperity and love. And and you're going to have something coming your way. This frog needs to go. The frog needs to go. I woke up early this morning and I hear the rah, 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 rah. I have an alarm clock for that, Mr. Toad or Mr. Frog. Like, geez Louise, it'd be loud. Look at this. Listen to this. Franklin the Frog giving a shout out. He said hello. Ridiculous. Anyways. <laughs> so she, she, this family member continues to go on this whole rant talking about how the world is getting more dangerous and how I'm a black man in America. I'm a black man in America and, and you just need to watch your back because you know how they see black men in America. They're scared of us for some reason. I don't know why. All this hoopla, right? You know, they scared of us and just watch yourself because, you know, Massa might see you. Like, like that type of talk. I mean, <laughs> it's ridiculous. I can never put my children through that. I could never, like, put my children through that type of, like, mental process of thinking that they're inferior to the world just because they're black. I'm very aware of racism. I'm very aware of how the system works and processes. Fine and dandy. Okay. So I'm not oblivious to how the world can be in this illusion. But the reason why the rich stay rich and the poor stay poor is because of that mentality. Because you hold yourself back from opportunities. You hold yourself back from being who you truly are. Because... Of that mentality of, well, I'm black, so they can't they can't really hire me because I'm black or or maybe my name is a little ghetto. So I'm black. You limit yourself with that mentality. Thinking that you can't live. I'm not telling you to go in places where you're not wanted. <laughs> I'm not telling you that, but you should have the you should have the ability and the opportunity and the the freedom and you do have the opportunity and the freedom to live your life the way you want to. Right. And it's all based on your energy. If you walk up in a room inferior, people feel that people see that. Right. They think they, they feel that they see that they can hear it. And you have to change your mindset on how you see yourself in a room full of people. Because if you walk in a room with confidence, if you walk in a room like you own the place, that's how people will treat you. You walk up in a room with the mentality of, well, I'm walking while black. Well, well, I, I'm just a black person in America and you know how they see us. This victim mentality, you know, I, I hate it. It's, it's despicable. I wasn't directly raised with a victim mentality, but I was raised by people with a victim mentality, if that makes sense. Right. I was I wasn't raised with people saying to me like, oh, because you're a black boy, you're a black boy. You can't be doing this. Or you know how they you know how they really be seeing us. Right. I just had no understanding <laughs> whatsoever of the way that the world works in terms of like how they see black people until I became conscious in high school.
facts. Ms. Ferris said, raise your children to see themselves as living entities. Mr. Caleb says, love all your content. Keep doing your thing. I appreciate that, Mr. Caleb. Um, don't scare them ball. I'm marrying this white hussy podcast. That's how them podcast men be sometimes. <laughs> but it's it's ridiculous. And these are Christians we're talking about, right? These are people who are like God's holy children. Believing in this. Believing that, you know, they live in this world in fear. They live in this world. You just, just got to watch out for yourself. And and yet Jesus tells you not to have no worry, literally. Like I can pull up the, the I can pull up the scripture right now if you don't believe me. I'm gonna pull I'm gonna pull up two passages, right? Because you remember the Hebrew boys, the three Hebrew boys, the three Hebrew boys were three men that they lived in I believe they they lived in Babylon, right? And King Epicanezer basically forced everybody in the kingdom to worship an image in his likeness, right? And uh, what were their names? Abrach, Shadrach, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men refused to worship the image, right? And the punishment was that they were going to be put in a burning furnace. And basically, and this is in the book of Daniel chapter 3, right? And and Nebuchadnezzar came to them was like, do you not know, you know, that you're supposed to worship the image and the gods that I have set up for you? And like, what was it? Let me let me read it. Verse 15 or is it verse. Uh, verse 17, verse 15. Now, if you're ready. Good. Oh, it's verse 16. My bad. OK, so verse 16, it says like. They, they they basically tell him, like, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, then our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you that we do not serve your gods, nor we will, will we worship the gold image you have set up. Now, that takes a lot of confidence <laughs> to tell a king that... I like like you're not in a position to answer to to question me basically right because of who I serve and my dignity like I'm not gonna worship your image fam like you ain't you ain't that guy you're not that guy pal like and that's what you see here <laughs> and this is how Christians are supposed to be walking in this world like with that type of confidence not to t not to say you should get in trouble with the law give disclaimers and stuff like that but like. You should walk with that sort of confidence. You should walk with that with that with that sort of, you know, ability of knowing who you are and not backing down on who you are and who you believe in. There's another passage in the Bible that tells you about like not fearing where you go about because a thousand may fall at your right hand, ten thousand, you know, on, on the other, but nothing shall ever hurt you. That's also a, a spell. Because the book of Psalms is the book of lamps, is the book of spells. And you can chant that, you can invoke that, and literally you can put, you know, certain things, you can activate certain things in your life to where nothing can harm you. Not to say you should put yourself in harm's way, right? That's another thing. But if you out and about living your life and you can invoke that passage and have that mentality like, I'm invincible. 
and people can walk around like that, but you know, it goes back to the ego. If you have the self-limiting belief that, you know, things are going to stop because you're black, things are going to stop because of whatever the case is, it's going to stop you because you, you put it out there. Right. So like in the Bible, it tells you like, as a man thinker, so shall he be. And it also tells you that life and death is in the power of the tongue. So you have to look at it like this. Anything that you say and how you think on a continuous basis is you are putting out a vibration to the world on how the world should receive you. So if you think that because you're a black person in America that you can't really strive to live the life that you want to live, then that is the vibration that you're going to put out. And that's how the world will receive you. But if you think of yourself as a God, as Kanye West would say, right? <laughs> if you think of yourself like I can do anything and I can, you know, accomplish anything that I put my mind to. That's how the world's going to receive you. And that's the results that you're going to get. You see what I'm saying? And so you have to look at it as like you are enforcing spirits or powers, right? And we call them angels or we call them demons or whatever the case is, right? Nonetheless, you have certain things that are activating or working on your behalf, right? This is why people say, like, don't say certain bad things about yourself. Why? Because if you say certain bad things about yourself, they're more likely are going to happen because there are things out there working in your favor. There are things out there working on your behalf. So you have to look at it as like, if you say good things, you are activating and enforcing things out there to work good in your favor. But if you say bad things, right, you are going to put stuff out there and things are going to activate to work against you. You ever say something bad about somebody and it happens or you ever say something bad about yourself and it happens, you have to look at it in that manner. You have power. You have a whole lot of power in the tongue, right? And what you say and how you do and how you think. And so you have to look at it in that manner when it comes to how you see yourself. If you are a child of God, as you Christians say, as religious folks say, if you're a child of God, why do you fear what man can do to you? I'm not telling you not to be cautious. I'm not telling you not to look out for yourself. But why do you walk out in this world in fear? You, you see what I'm saying? Why do you try to instill fear in other people? You know, that's where all these conspiracy theories and, and all this, the end times are coming, all this type of stuff, right? You better repent. You better repent. All this type of stuff. <laughs> really think about it like when it when it concerns that type of mindset like what does it profit you in the long run you know what is the end goal for that so in my notes I, I was going to compare how like how people be thinking when it concerns like talking about you know being a black person in America, all this type of stuff, like you have to renew your mind, right? So in the in the book of Romans chapter 12, it tells you like, be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind. So you have to disassociate yourself from how the world sees you. Because I'm not telling you to disassociate yourself from your blackness. Let me just put some disclaimers. I'm not telling you to disregard your blackness and who you are as a black person. But you cannot conform to the way that society sees you. You are beyond this physical vessel. Right? 
Of course, we are the original people, what we see in the physical. But what we see in the physical is only a projection of what's in the spiritual. So, like, I told my friend, like, you know, how us as nine ether beings, we have a soul. People who are six ether beings most likely do not. Okay. And for purposes of guidelines and stuff like that, I'm not going to explain or break that down. <laughs> Just do your own research. Nine ether beings. Six ether beings. Just leave it like that. Okay. So put it like this, right? In order for you to be in space, you need a astronaut outfit to be in space in order for you to go in certain spaces with certain gases you need a certain mask so in order for a body to contain the soul it needs the original body <laughs> to contain that solar energy if that makes sense to you right so you know you have to understand that you are beyond this world right that even even beyond you being a black man or a woman, that you are a nine ether being. That your soul is the exact replication of the making of this universe. So once you align yourself to the God within. Remember how it says in the Bible, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be applied unto you. All this type of stuff, right? The same thing should be applied to how you align yourself with your soul. When you align yourself with the God within, everything and anything that you shall desire, anything that you seek after will be added unto you, right? So things of that nature. Um, Yeah, the other passage, like what somebody was talking about when Jesus talked about, like, worry not about your life, like what you shall eat and what you shall buy and what you're going to put on your clothes and on your body and stuff like that. Because he talks about how the birds of the air and the, you know, the animals of the earth and stuff like that. Like how they don't worry about what's, you know, what's their next meal going to be. And they just live. They go with the flow. Excuse me. They just go with the flow. And that's what you have to do. You have to go with the flow. Simply jaw. I think I said that right. I hope I said that right. But what's good? What's good? So that's how you have to live out in this world. You have to go through in this life with aligning yourself with who you are, right? You can't align yourself to how people see you. You can't align yourself to the fear of what people may think of you or what could happen to you. You have to align yourself in the now. You have to align yourself to, you know, living out your purpose. You can't live out the purpose of other people. You can't live out like how people want to see you and how people uh, need you to be, you know, and that's kind of like what I touch up on when I talk about like uh, the divine harlot, you know, that archetype that a lot of women want to embody in the in the physical. But because of the male ego or family members, or whatever the case is, they suppress it and all that other type of stuff. But I talk about that in my other podcast episodes, so. If you haven't listened to that or if you haven't seen that yet, hit up those podcast episodes. Anywho, I think I am finally done. <laughs> I, I hit up on the last part of my notes. Um, the last part of the notes is like the mind is a weapon. So 
Um, they definitely do program a lot of us through social media, through symbolism, through the news and, and certain stories and stuff that we see on Instagram and stuff like that. So you just have to be very aware of what you feed your mind in terms of your identity. So you might say that you're a God. You might think that you're a God. And then you just go right back into being humane. <laughs> go right back into Black Lives Matter. Hands up, don't shoot. All this type of stuff, right? But this was great. I know this is my third live on on Instagram. And I probably, I might have probably like an hour and 20 minutes at best of content. Um, so very long, very long. Uh, but this was needed. I feel like I had a lot of good stuff to say in this podcast episode. I'm um, not mad at it one bit. And we had some, we had a, f- a few good questions here and there on my podcast, on my Instagram live stream and stuff like that. So for the people watching, all right, if you enjoyed this, for people who are listening to this on Spotify, when it's uploaded on Spotify, um, I have a Q&A or I have like a, a little question thing at the bottom for you to answer about what you got out of this podcast watching this on youtube make sure you like it share with somebody subscribe turn on your notifications all that good stuff all right for people who are watching me on instagram thank you for watching on the gram and i appreciate every last one of y'all for those who who stuck it through (laughs) no matter how long it was who just stuck it through with me and stuff like that so you are highly, highly appreciated. All right. So until next time, we out. The waves brought me a song in the night. Spoke in the softening light Words of a lonely one Unknown Caught in the darkening scene Whispering mysteries Where can that poet be? Remote from my castaway island He lets his poems drift on the sea Immersed in the warmth of the current